Welcome to Bedtime History. Hello, this is Breck. Guess what, parents? Bedtime History is now available on Story Button. Story Button is the easiest way to listen to our show without using screen devices like your phone or a tablet. Story Button is like a radio that's built for easy listening to your favorite kids' podcasts like ours. And the best part is there's no subscriptions or fees to access the content. This week, save $10 and get free shipping when you go to storybutton.com forward slash bedtime history. That's storybutton.com forward slash bedtime history. A shout out to our newest Patreon donors, Emily and Quinn from Missouri. And a big happy birthday to Emily this month. If you'd like to donate to Bedtime History, go to BedtimeHistoryStories.com and click on Donate in the menu to donate via Patreon. Also, remember we have YouTube videos, so be sure to search for us on YouTube. Did you know in the United States, November is Native American Heritage Month? when we take the time to recognize the importance of Native Americans in the history of our country. Learning about the first Americans and the history of indigenous peoples in North and South America has been one of my favorite subjects over the years. We've done episodes about the Mayans who lived in Central America and famous Native Americans like Sacagawea, Sitting Bull, and Bessie Coleman. But I've yet to do an episode about the broader history of Native Americans in North America how they got here, and their fascinating history and contributions. For a very long time, North America was full of plant and animal life. There were mammoths, bison, bear, and wolves, and the vast forests and deserts we see today, but no humans. Some of the other continents, like Africa and Europe and Asia, had humans earlier, but not the Americas, because they had started out on the other side of the world. During the Ice Age, something extraordinary happened that would change the history of the Earth forever. Where Alaska and Russia are today, there's water separating the two lands called the Bering Strait. But around two and a half million years ago, much of the world's water became trapped in ice, and so the sea level lowered and a land bridge was formed between Alaska and Russia. This land bridge was later named Beringia, and ancient humans in Asia found this land and crossed it around 15,000 to 30,000 years ago. Evidence shows that this is how humans ended up in North and South America, and over the years moved down through the continents to populate it in many different areas. It's believed that multiple groups crossed the land bridge before the Ice Age ended, and the land was once again covered up by the sea. One very important thing to keep in mind is that most Native Americans today trace their heritage back to these groups, but this doesn't mean they ended up being just alike. So when you hear about groups like the Mayans or the Hohokam or Cherokee or Sioux, remember they ended up being very different in language and culture and looks. I like to compare it to Europeans today. We don't think of Germans and English and French as one people, but very different because their language and customs are very different along with their heritage. So over time, these different groups ended up in different parts of America, but we're mostly going to focus on the North America Native Americans, who settled all throughout what is today the United States and Canada. Some ended up in California, others in the deserts of Arizona, 
Some made their home in the forests of Washington or along the oceans of the East Coast in places like New York, South Carolina, and Florida. And as we said before, as each group settled in a new area, they became very different over the thousands of years that they stayed within their same groups. Their language changed, their looks changed, and they each had unique customs and beliefs that made them different. One mistake Europeans made when they came to America was assuming these people were all the same and falsely labeled them Indians, and often treated them as the same group, but in reality, they were very unique and special in their own ways. In the Americas, the new people found many plants and animals to survive. They hunted mammoths and bison, the gigantic creatures that roam the forests and plains of this new country. They learned how to survive by following these animals, which they used for food, clothing, and shelter. Like most indigenous people, they worked hard and used their creativity and the natural world around them to keep their families alive. This was not an easy task, as you can imagine. They often spent long hours hunting animals, scavenging berries and other food, and building shelter to avoid the cold, rain, and other harsh elements. We know some things about these people today based on the materials they left behind, the things they made. This is called material culture. For example, many Native Americans in the Clovis culture shaped sharp spearheads out of stone that they used to hunt big animals like the mammoths. Archaeologists have found the bones of these animals with spear points in them from when the Clovis people hunted them. Most of these groups were hunter-gatherers, which means they were often on the move and followed the animals they were hunting, or changed locations depending on what food was available or the weather. For example, they often went north when it was hot and south when it was cold. But over time, some of these groups discovered farming and were able to stay in one place. This is called agriculture. Usually this was a big body of water, like a lake or river, so they had plenty of water for the food they grew, also called crops. One of the biggest civilizations to form was called the Mississippian culture around 1,000 years ago around the Mississippi River. They planted corn on huge farms. This let them stay in one place because they didn't have to chase their food. They formed complex societies with kings and held religious ceremonies led by priests. Many of these Native Americans were artisans, which means they created art and made beautiful jewelry. They also made pots out of clay called pottery and painted them in beautiful and creative ways. They traded jewelry and pottery and food between cities that were spread out across the United States and Canada. In these cities, they built huge mounds of earth for their temples on top and to bury their dead beneath. These gigantic mounds can still be seen today in states like Illinois which is one reason we know the Mississippian culture along with all the artifacts they left behind. So yesterday morning, we all got up and ate breakfast. Then I loaded the kids into the car and we drove south of our home 40 minutes to the Casa Grande National Monument in Arizona. Casa Grande means big or great house in Spanish and was the home of the Hohokam people who lived throughout the Southwest which includes California, Arizona, Nevada, New Mexico, and Texas. The Hohokam were extraordinary people. They found ways to live in very hot, dry climates with very little water and lush plant life like other places in the country. They did this by making use of what plants they had and used rivers to irrigate their farms. 
They ate fruit from cactus and grew corn, beans, and squash. Because their farms weren't right next to the river, they spent years of hard labor digging canals and irrigation ditches to move water from the river to their farms. Later, when white settlers eventually moved into these areas, they were able to reuse these canals to water their own farms. In fact, many of the canals we use today where I live in Arizona were originally dug by these Native American people. The Great House we visited is one of the few structures of its kind in the United States and was made using hard soil called caliche and rocks and other materials even though it was constructed nearly 1,000 years ago, today it still stands. Check out the video link in the show description to see more of our visit to Casa Grande. The kids enjoyed seeing this amazing structure, walking through its various rooms, and imagining what it might have been like to live among the Hohokam people. It gave them appreciation for these people who lived long before us, and their hardiness and talent for being able to live off the land, especially in a very hot and dry place, without all the modern conveniences we have today. Wherever you live, be sure to look up to see if you have Native American ruins or sites. It's an awesome experience if you get the chance. The ancestors of the Hohokam and Pueblo cultures, who also lived in the Southwest, were the Mogollon people and ancestral Puebloans, many of whom lived in present-day Colorado and whose fascinating homes can be seen at the Mesa Verde National Park. You'll have to look up photos of Mesa Verde, but the people there built their homes on the side of the mountains. These were called cliff dwellings. Here they were able to defend their homes using towers and tunnels to move around during battle. The Mogollon cultures also farmed and traded with other tribes and were very talented basket makers. The ancestors of these people, like the Pueblos, were in the southwest when the first European explorers, such as the Spanish, started exploring the New World and made contact with them. In our episode next week, we'll continue our story about the history of Native Americans in North America. We'll talk about the first contact with European explorers and groups such as the Sioux and Lakota, who learned to ride horses and dominated the plains areas and their conflicts with each other and the new Americans. Thanks for listening to this episode and be sure to tune in next Monday for a new episode.